Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. John McClain, the Hall of Famer, our uh, senior Texans columnist at sportsradio610.com and gallerysports.com as well, joins us for his weekly visit. John, how are you doing this morning? Good morning, guys. How are you? Doing great, John. So, obviously, a lot of Sean Payton talk uh, the last couple of days since he did that interview with uh, Colin Cowherd earlier this week. Um, where is Sean Payton on your power ranking of these head coaching candidates right now? Well, I watched him on there, and as far as size-wise, the snacks are not going to him. He looks just like he always does, and he says he's a workout fanatic. And uh, I don't know. He's, he's told people that uh, – he may take a job and he may not. That's smart. To if he's a workout fanatic, he's not hired. Like that's, a, <laughs> when, that's like when your personal trainer comes up to you eating a donut. Like, all right, let's get this thing going. <laughs> when uh, when he's told his agent and people he's interested in a job, but he might not take one, he can keep his current job and wait. And uh, I'll tell you one thing I did find out from somebody that's known him for years. He does not have to have it in his contract that he has full control. He's looking for a general manager he can work with. And uh, he's known Nick Serio for quite a while. Don't know how that would go. Money wouldn't be an issue. I still feel like they're, they'd have to, you know, the – the compensation is not what we thought. NFL media reported over the weekend, first-round pick or more, and Peyton said it's already been worked out with Mickey Loomis. going to be a mid-to-low first-round pick. Well, the Texans don't have a mid-to-low first-round pick. They have the 12th pick, and I'm sure they try to trade him a pick next year. And they need draft choices because they traded a lot of picks in recent years for veteran players. So they've to be able to interview him, they've got they know what it's gonna take with the Saints. And uh I was surprised too that Arizona hired Monty Austin for the general manager before they decided on what they want to do about Peyton. They're worried out in Arizona they may hire Brian Flores and they would implement the Patriot way, which certainly didn't go over well here, or it didn't go over well in Las Vegas last year. And but, you know, there's a chance Peyton may just decide to stay at Fox and wait and see next year. It's not like he needs the money. No, it's not. Yeah, I guess um, that's what I wondered about, John, with the GM thing, was that he worked for 15 years with a general manager without any reports of, you know, huge disagreement or anything. I, I would have been surprised if he all of a sudden was going to come in and demand that he be some kind of iron-fisted dictator. Um what about D'Amico Ryans and the concern that, okay, if you hire a defensive coordinator these days, offensive coordinators get snapped up left and right very, very quickly. Um, that, that seems to be one of the biggest objections to D'Amico. I don't share that, but, but what is the answer to that? Well, let me go back to Peyton right quick. He worked with Mickey Loomis. Mickey was a cap guy, and he got the title of general manager, and he was heavily involved 
But Mickey Loomis knew if Sean Payton wanted to do something, that's what he did because, you know, he had the pelts on the wall. And, and, uh, but it wasn't, he's not demanding it in his contract. And as far as D'Amico, like D'Amico would need to hire a former head coach on his staff, uh, to help him because uh, he's only had two years as a coordinator. Then he probably, I'm guessing, have a guy who was with the 49ers to, uh, run his offense. And people say, well, if you get a, if your team's good, you lose coordinator. Good. That means the Texans will be good and have turned it around. Uh, Brian Dable. It hasn't hurt uh, the Bills that they elevated Ken Dorsey, their quarterback coach. You know, good head coaches, as you guys know, they always have people on their staff ready to take somebody's place because they know when they're going well, other teams are going to look at their guys. And when you have sustained success like the 49ers and the Bills, people are going to be looking at your staff. And I would think Texans fans would love to be in that situation for an offensive coordinator who uh, worked for Domenico and had a chance to get another job. John McClain joining us, brought to you by HornSolutions.net. Um, John, there's eight names right now that the Texans have requested interviews for and are either have interviewed or are scheduling. There's eight names. Do you expect any new names to be added to the list at this point, or is this the, is this the pool, do you think? I would think that this would be the pool because they've had time to reach out, and maybe they have and hadn't been reported, the Texans are announcing when they have completed their interviews. They're interviewing D'Amico Friday afternoon. And um, and Ben Johnson, I'm writing a column for Sports Radio 610 about Ben Johnson telling teams he's going to stay in Detroit another year, as D'Amico Ryans did last year with the 49ers, and how it can backfire on you, as we're seeing with Byron Leftwich, who everybody's talked about the last two years, being a hot head coaching candidate. Now they're talking about him being fired. And it's not like he just became a bad coach overnight. But sometimes you got to strike when iron's hot. And I guess Ben Johnson knows that he's a play caller. He has a great relationship with Jared Goff, who's played very well. They have other weapons, and they have a high draft choice. So it's a good situation, I guess, this time next year. If the Lions continue to prove, he may be the hot property. John, as far as the candidates go, we know how the last two coaching searches have gone. They've included names where, you, you, at a minimum, people are scratching their heads, like Heinz Ward. Um, they've included names that eventually got the job, like David Culley, that a lot of fans didn't even know who he was. Last year, Josh McCown almost got the job. <clears throat> I guess my point is that the last two coaching searches have included some names that have been either disappointing or even anger-inducing. Do you sense that any of the names in this pool would... Would would result in disappointment for Texan fans, or do they've got a do they have a, a pretty solid like is there worst case scenario in this one that you still think fans will will react well to? I I think under the circumstances, the fans in the media are pleased with the list and the way they're conducting the search. Um, you know, last year I think Nick Casario interviewed Heinz Ward as a favor to somebody because he never had a chance to get the job and. And settling, you know, the last two searches had strings attached. This one does not. There's no compromise candidate. And they've got the money to spend. Everybody loves their draft capital. They like the fact Casario has got the cap back in order, and they're going to have some money to spend on expensive free agents. So I think it's a good situation once they tell them 
Here's why we've had two one-and-done coaches, and I think people here understand it a lot more than people nationally because the team's been awful, took a step back offensively this year with Pep Hamilton as the coordinator. And uh, I, I've talked to two or three people with teams who've worked with these guys that are interviewing. They say it doesn't seem – whatever they're telling people about the two one-and-dones, it doesn't seem to be deterring anybody that's interested in the job. One thing they haven't done – is I haven't interviewed other than Sean Payton, a former head coach. And I would want to interview a former head coach like Frank Reich to pick his brain about how they did it, what they didn't do. In his case, they were going great till Andrew Luck retired. And uh, he might be a candidate to be an assistant head coach. But you can't get enough knowledge from knowledgeable people. You know, the, um, the Cardinals are interviewing Frank Reich. I'm surprised that he's not a, a bigger name out there, given that, you know, he's he's had nothing but change every single year at the quarterback position. I've I've been impressed with him as a coach. I agree, Seth. I think Frank Reich went in there with Chris Ballard, general manager. They worked great together. Chris Ballard had several offers to interview for GM job. He turned him down because he said he wanted to go somewhere where they had a great quarterback in place, and he did, and then, oops, and then um, they were just good enough not to be able to get a quarterback, and they kept going with the veterans because they thought they had a chance to win the AFC South and do something in the playoffs. But I'm surprised he's not getting more interviews, and, and maybe he needs to do like Doug Peterson, take a year off, and then he'd be more attractive next season when he's not coming off being fired. Yeah, that's where I, I feel I, – I was thinking about Doug Peterson. I'm glad you brought him up because I feel like – uh, the, those guys, for whatever reason, just feel uh, they don't have the bling. Uh, maybe it's just because of their personalities. And despite having a Super Bowl victory, Doug Peterson wasn't thought of necessarily as highly as he should have. Um, I, I'm glad you brought up Frank Reich. I would, I would not be upset at all if the Texans at least interviewed him and got his opinion on matters. Um, the other Hold thing on a second. I, w- I agree, Seth, that they should. And another thing, you know, Doug Peterson didn't do TV in his year out. Frank Reich's not doing any TV. Sean Payton's doing TVs, doing interviews. That uh, Just like Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett's not going to be head coach again, but they're keeping themselves in the public eye where Peterson generally really took the season off. And if Frank Reich doesn't get a job, maybe he'll do that too. But I don't think you'd see Reich like Peterson. I think they'd be behind the scenes and not out front. So the other thing that's been annoying me a little bit, John, when I see the Texans discussed in the national media, is that so many people don't even mention, and I don't even need them to use this as an excuse or anything, but they don't even mention the fact that during the last two coaching searches, you had with Cully, uh, a franchise quarterback who was demanding a trade, and then uh, when Lovey was hired, you had a franchise quarterback who was demanding a trade and was also being charged or uh, accused of 24 counts of sexual misconduct. It Was that anything that maybe it was slipped through the news cycle because it wasn't widely reported, but were there many candidates who just flat out said, no, I don't want any part of that and didn't end up interviewing because of it? Um, I don't know who they were, but I'd heard that last year – Two or three people, they were interested in talking to them, wouldn't do it. And uh, they wanted to wait and see if they could get something else. And I don't know if those guys got other jobs. I never could find out who they were. 
And uh, it is interesting, the national media, I bet none of them ever watched a Texans game. Why would they? And all they know is they fired two coaches back-to-back. They don't look to see how the team did about stepping back, big regression this year on offense. And uh, all they know is they fired two coaches, one and done. And that is very highly unusual. And I thought there was no way Lovey Smith was going to get fired until I started watching the offense every week. And uh, so people here, I think, understand it. People nationally don't want to dig into it. And that's like a lot of people want Casario gone. I've never seen a GM take over a worse situation. You mentioned the Watson controversy and debacle and all that he had to deal with. In fact, he was told to tear it down, start all over. He didn't have first and second round picks. Didn't have a first round pick from the year before him. And his cap situation was terrible. And that's why I think he deserves another year at this time. Next year, they've won three or four games, and he'll be out of here. Uh, That's interesting, John, because if they start a rookie quarterback this year, I think there's a good chance they might only win three or four games just based on, you know, rookie quarterbacks. Even good rookie quarterbacks oftentimes start slow. You think think if they're starting Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud at quarterback – and they, they're, you know, they finished third or fourth in the division again. That they're that Nick Casario could be gone next year. It's about progress, of course. That's possible. They could start the season with Davis Mills, and then put in the rookie. Yeah. You know, I can't imagine they'd win fewer than three games, but people would see promise. You know, this year nobody saw the promise in Mills that they'd seen at the end of his rookie year. And I've seen a lot of people trying to say, well, that was a mirage. Like, he it did, he didn't do what he did. He did it. We all saw it. And he showed enough promise to be the starter this year with nothing beyond that. And then he took a step back and never showed us one time, that's the why he's that's why he's the starting this year. Right. And I think Pep Hamilton had a lot to do with it. But I think if people see more young talent and they see – progress from the quarterback and they like it yeah i shouldn't have said that but i uh i mean if they take a step back and it's not because they're playing a rookie quarterback it's because they made bad decisions again on the head coach and some of the players then i think nick's job would be in jeopardy yeah no i I, and i agree with that like i I don't think he's i don't think he's bulletproof this coming year but I, i do feel like there's there, there's definitely a way that this team only wins four games where you can still see it as as progress, especially if they draft a young quarterback. Speaking of which, before we get you out of here, John, C.J. Stroud is the other big news item that affects the Texans from this week. So with C.J. Stroud announcing for the NFL draft, is it a lock now that the Texans are taking a quarterback with that top two pick, considering there are two perceived future franchise quarterbacks in this pool? No, I never thought for a second he wasn't coming out. He's got a chance to be the first overall pick. Why in the world would he stay? There's no NIL that's going to make up for almost $25 million he's going to get in the signing bonus if he is number one. And, of course, he and his camp think there's a good chance he might be, and he may be. And uh, so Texans are good. I think if they don't take a quarterback, I think people burn down NRG Stadium and also think – that it, they would bring in a veteran like Garoppolo. I don't see him coming here for a rebuild or Derek Carr, one of those veterans. I feel safe in saying they're going to draft a quarterback, but it's way too early to say who because there's still more than three months to go in the scouting process. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun few months, no doubt about that. Uh, John, what do you got going on on your various platforms you're doing these days? I'm working on uh, sportsradio610.com column that will be posted today 
unlike Ben Johnson having to make sure he's not uh, the next Byron Leftwich. And there's been mm-hmm. some other examples, D'Amico interviewing Friday and then how, how well he could do in his interview. And then I'm writing one on Gallery Sports about the playoffs. Thank you, guys. Very much as always. John, I'll talk to you in a couple hours when we record our mailbag episode of the Utopia Football Podcast. I look forward to it. Thank you. stuff. Thanks, John. H-O-U mailbag at gmail.com if you want to email a question to John and I. We're recording our mailbag episode of the Utopia Football Podcast today. Boy, that's a great point by John on the way out there, Seth, about Byron Leftwich. Byron Leftwich reportedly could have had the Jacksonville job last year, but he didn't want Trent Baalke as his GM. And now Byron Leftwich was the coordinator for an offense that was widely panned in a playoff game on Monday night. You know, you know who needs Tom Brady to retire more than anybody is Byron Leftwich. Because if, uh, if Brady goes off to the Raiders and resurrects himself yet again, bad look. then, yeah, it's a bad look for, I, I, I would say it's a bad look for Leftwich, but I think it's everything about Tampa this year felt so shoehorned in. It, you know, they, they didn't have, they didn't have any time to adjust to the fact that Gronkowski was definitely retiring this time, and nor did they maybe even know that he was definitely retiring. Um, they didn't have time to kind of build the team or get the team ready and right because Ali Marpet retired. All this stuff, yeah. uh, it just felt it felt wrong. I still, I'm uh, I'm bullish on Tom Brady at the, with the Raiders. Really, I actually think yeah, I think he'd have a really good year. Okay. I, if you look at if you look at the ebbs and flows of Tom Brady's seasons with various different either QBR or the PFF grades or anything like that, this season wasn't that far out of whack from other lulls he's had in his career. Uh, so I know, look, those didn't happen when he was 46 years old. But I just think that he he was still playing at a high enough level when the guys on his team were doing the right thing. Yeah, so I think I, there's a chance. I, I, and I don't know how long he and Giselle have been on the outs for. I mean, it, it, yeah. it, it, on paper, it happened during the season this year. So yeah. if we take that to assume that it's been building up to this and this, you know, and they finally got divorced, then going into next season with that to-do checked off, so to speak, yeah. uh, is, this um, is, one, is a good one. You know what? Knowing what was going on and seeing like on his face how publicly just haggard he looked, yeah. uh, I got I, I have tried to remember that. Like, okay, yeah. It, it was a good reminder that, man, guys are going through personal stuff like uh, at various positions, and it's usually not made public. And yes. then a lot of times there are times where guys have – Guys are having a bad year, and it might be because their personal life is a complete wreck. Yep. So, not just for Tom Brady. Tom, ju- not just Tom Brady should get a pass. That's right. Uh, everybody should, including me, if I suck for the next year on my, uh, <laughs> could, on my be, could have something going on. Yeah. I pissed off a lot of family members, Sean. It's all coming to <laughs> roost come right back. now. Yeah, same. It's, I got people coming after me. <laughs> same. <laughs> Lawyers, everything. It's bad. This show is being so, held together by the thinnest of threads because of Seth and I <laughs> and our, our janky relationships. All right. Um. Payne and Pendergast with you on a Wednesday. Um, just kidding. If any of my family members are listening, I love you all. Uh, most of you. Um, so, um, Payne and Pendergast on a uh, Wednesday. Uh, let's get to this NIL story out of Florida is crazy. This, if you're wondering what NIL, name, image, likeness, and college sports gone bad looks like, it's this. Wait till you hear this story. It's crazy. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. 
Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, good to be with you, Payne and Pendergast. All right, um, I, I think generally, generally speaking, I am in favor of the name, image, and likeness money that college athletes are making. I think it's long overdue. That they get a little something for the uh, for the butts they're putting in seats and the attention they're well, bringing to their game. As long as the coaches are making five, six, ten million dollars a year, yeah, that's when it really started to get out of whack for me. Right. That was a. Uh, <laughs> if it was back in the day when coaches were making like a respectable couple hundred thousand dollars a year or something, it made more sense. The disparities, and not to mention the fact the locker rooms were like, uh, you know glistening modern oh. marvels of architecture. It, it, at some point, something, it, it becomes such a capitalistic endeavor yeah. in so many ways that you, it was just too stark a contrast. I, and I think it's generally a, it's a good thing. There are times, though, and there are ways that it can go really, really bad, and they're learning that the hard way in Gainesville, Florida right now. There is a recruit, a quarterback recruit, named, is this the deliverance <laughs> For Gainesville. It's the Florida Bandits. It is a Florida, yeah. All right. I, th- I thought you were going to do what I do, which is, uh, I, I keep wanting to say Cachada instead of Rashada. Oh, for this player? Rashada. Yeah, yeah. His name yeah. is, the quarterback's name is Jaden Rashada. Let me just be clear. This is uh, Ben Gary, our producer, taking creative license. Not that it's not funny, um, but anyways, Jaden Rashada um, is a quarterback for Florida. Yeah. It, yeah, yeah, no, I know. Um, Florida quarterback recruit Jaden Rashada uh, wants a release from his national letter of intent that he signed uh, in the last week or so after a $13 million NIL deal fell through, according to multiple reports. So uh, Rashada's future has been in doubt since he didn't enroll in Florida. In, enroll at Florida last week. He had been committed to Miami for a long time, and then in mid-November he flipped his commitment from Miami to the Gators, and yeah. in large part because... It was contingent on a four-year, $13 million NIL deal that he signed with a group called the Gator Collective, which is an independent fundraising arm that disperses money to student-athletes in all sports at the University of Florida. The problem is the financial backing for the four-year, $13 million NIL deal for Jaden Rashada fell through, but he had already signed his national letter of intent to play football at the University of Florida. So this is where... This is where the the broken glass comes in. These NIL deals are not being funded or administered through the school. There's not a there's not a paragraph on your national letter of intent for your NIL deal and it's all on one right. document. They're it's, two separate yeah. commitments. So when he's trying to get out of it, 
he, he doesn't have any grievance with the University of Florida. He's got a grievance with the Gator Collective, which is more of like, okay, take it to the credit bureaus because uh, the Gator Collective's credit rating should be taking a huge hit here. Right. This is uh, and it, So then that's the other thing. This is something that's going to affect recruiting for Florida in a big way because then, you know, they're technically not connected and yet who the hell knows exactly, you know, how much the coaches are talking to anybody from the Gator Collective right. or what have you. Um it's uh, it's it's I guess it's a cautionary tale in a lot of ways about NIL in general and certainly for athletes themselves who a lot of times, Sean, and I think you and I have started to see this. We hear the stories about the kids who are sophisticated with this. You know, we hear the stories about the guys who are CJ Stroud seems to have managed it very well. And, you know, CJ Stroud had had you know, actual alliances with some of these businesses and brands that he was sponsoring. He handled it well. I think there are a lot of other guys out there who don't have the slightest notion of exactly, like, where the money's coming from, what their obligations are, how much they should expect. You know, if, if some guy... This is like something adults have to learn in business all the time. If some guy comes to you and says he, he wants you to invest in his company yep. and he's wearing a nice suit and dri- driving a nice car oh sure here take take my 401k you know like you got to learn to be skeptical of some of these things including the including collectives yep. or if somebody comes to you and, and says that they are uh, a master motivator and a uh, uh you just understand people and football programs well yes pay me three million dollars and i'll i'll turn this thing Starts around Starts talking about your upkeep and your downflow yeah. and your if you're output, I can regurgitate motivational phrases from many, downfall. many hardcover pamphlets. So <laughs> right. uh, please pay right. me all the money. Yes. Give it to me one more time, Ben. If your output yeah. exceeds your input, oh. then your upkeep will be your downfall. Oh, yeah. Okay. Boy, he's on to something there. Um, Copyright 2019, Jack Easterby. Yep. Um, there's a couple things about this Jaden Rashada story. It's going to be fascinating to see how it plays out because – there's going to be legal action, it sounds like. The situation could have long-term ramifications for head coach Billy Napier and the Florida Gators. Rashada's representatives could file a lawsuit against the collective and maybe the athletic department. A couple things are interesting to me here, Seth. Um, one is, yeah, players are allowed to go get name, image, likeness money now. The rules state you can do that now. But what the NCAA has also said is it's not allowed to be used as an inducement to recruit high school athletes to the school. It's supposed to be something that once they're there, they then go get their NIL deals. Once they commit to the school and they're enrolled in the school, then they can go get NIL. And and Florida's not alone, I'm sure. Florida is just taking a a huge dump on that. Like Florida literally has a collective that, at least according to this report, is going to the kid with a four-year contract for $13 bucks, and he hasn't signed his letter of intent yet. They flipped him from Miami using that. Not only did they induce him to come to Florida, they induced him to flip from their in-state rival. Like So they, yeah, just, they yeah. just don't care about the rules. Well, there was, I mean, and this is the same thing that was going on with, with C.J. Stroud, where now he's a guy who is already there, yeah. and I... I don't know how much of this was brinksmanship or showmanship or anything else, but C.J. Stroud was reportedly just being wooed by an increasingly large number from the the Ohio State Collective up there um, through these NIL deals. And who knows how much the uh, – boy, I hope we get the dollar amount on that at some point. On C.J. Stroud? Yeah. Oh, I bet it comes I, out just, at some point. 
I wonder. Because, you know, we just had McLean on. McLean said, of course, he was going to come out. That's ridiculous. He, he could be the number one overall pick. His agent is Mulligetta, and Mulligetta has done some pretty incredible things at getting guys paid in the state of Ohio. And, and I wonder exactly what Mulligetta might have had in the works there for, for setting the bar for how much college athletes might, be, might expect from these NIL deals. Yeah. I, I, the other thing I wanted to say is that the – I, I don't know what Florida's administrative setup is for NIL, if they've got an NIL contact in their athletic department. What I will say is just my own personal experience in the last week or so. Um, I was at a I was at a signing that Marcus Sasser was doing at Suitmart. He's he yeah. he has an NIL deal with Suitmart, Marcus Sasser, the star of the Cougs basketball team. And I was there on Saturday. He was doing an autograph signing for some Cougs fans and for the University of Houston, they've got the process pretty buttoned down. They've got a contact within the athletic department that all of the NIL stuff for their athletes comes through. Um, yeah. They've got like a payment plan for the NIL stuff so that the kids are getting it on sort of a responsible schedule and not getting it all at once. Putting some in escrow as well that's contingent on either getting your degree or finishing up the season, yeah. stuff like that. They are If you're a Coug, I think you can feel pretty good about how the Cougs, to the point where their contact on NIL, on NIL stuff, his name is Landon, he used to play basketball for Kelvin Sampson, um, he was at the signing. Like, he goes to the autograph signings with these guys. So it's, it's very buttoned down with U of H. And I bring that up, one, to pay a compliment to the Cougs, but two, to just wonder, I mean – at a place like Florida, don't you have to have something like that? Like you've got to, you've got to administer it so you don't wind up in a situation like this, right? Yeah, where that's a whole. And I know there's a couple organizations now that are specifically like, like, like where there's, you know, the old saying when there's a gold rush, you don't get rich digging for gold, you get rich selling the shovels. Yeah, um, there are multiple different services now that have that have emerged for uh, you know as agencies to help the schools n- navigate it to help the players um navigate it and to organize it and everything it's it's, it's kind of akin to like social media agencies have sprung up there's like 200 major social media agencies now because people are making money at it um but all these young young athletes and or youtube influencers got to figure out a way to to organize all of it. If this gets, if this Rashada thing, this Jaden Rashada commitment that he wants out of that, like if it gets into the courts, that's going to be a fascinating precedent yeah. that might get set as to how binding the letter of intent is based on NIL commitments reneging, you know? And how, and because then part of that too is proving, like Rashada might be motivated to prove that the University of Florida football program was more tightly bound to the Gator Collective yes. than. Than they're claiming, yes. so that that's his that's his out there, yeah, yeah. The whatever the credit rating service is for these collectives is uh, is going to be a big deal. Like the Gator Collective is screwed now in promising this stuff, this pie in the sky stuff to to some of these guys. Could we do this? Could we do this for professional sports? Could we get like a a guy like Tom Brady who you know it's you're kind of taking a flyer on a thirty six year old dude. Can we can we band together a Houston collective? We'll call it the Nutria Collective, um, and somehow like figure out a way to bandy together our resources to entice Tom Brady to come here. And the Texans will only have to pay him the veteran minimum, but meanwhile he'll be getting twenty million dollars in appearance fees and whatnot. That'd be so much fun. <laughs> a GoFundMe for a guy who's worth a billion dollars. Hey, I need that extra ten million. You know, <laughs> it's not a GoFundMe, Sean. It's an exchange is. of goods and services. Okay, he you, is you offering so. promotional value to. Us, we're good business people of Houston. That's My true. God, yeah, sorry, sorry. I'm Not so everything's sick. a handout. All right, 
All right. Um, Payne and Pendergast with you. Speaking of quarterback drama, if the names seem to change every year when it comes to the NFL quarterback drama, except this guy. This guy is QB drama every year, and he's back at it again, and you will hear it next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste because you know the bigger the fight better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Aaron Rodgers was on the Pat McAfee show yesterday, and they asked him point blank, do you want to be back in Green Bay? And we're doing this again with Aaron Rodgers in the offseason. Um, he's Brett Favre, man. He's it's a just... mellower, probably slightly more literate version of Brett Favre. Yes, I would say I so. I feel like he's less inclined to commit charity fraud allegedly yeah uh in his post playing career right but not any less dramatic you know like they're both they're both so dramatic yes um here was aaron Rodgers on the pat mcafee show yesterday when they asked him do you want to be back in green bay next year do i still think i can play of course of course can i play at a high level yeah the highest i think i can win mvp again in the right situation um right situation is that green bay or is that somewhere else i'm not sure um, but I don't think you should shut down any, you know, opportunity. Like I said, during the season, it's got to be, you know, both, uh, both sides, uh, you know, like actually wanting, you know, to work together moving forward. And, uh, I think there's, you know, more conversations to be had. Dude, it would be so annoying to be a Packer fan. <laughs> it would. <laughs> it was well, the, the, you know, the whole thing. Remember last year was that it wasn't about money at all. It was about everything else being right. And he ended up signing a record contract at the time. At the time, yeah. And presumably, it would have to be because everything in the organization was right. Since it wasn't about the money, you could have gone to Denver. Poor, 
Poor Denver. <laughs> oh, yeah, because they, they, they signed Hackett they? to be their coach because they thought they were getting Aaron Rodgers. And not only, not only do you wind up with a horrible head coach, but your plan B for not getting Aaron Rodgers is the most annoying player in the NFL. Oh, and by the way, he's washed too. Yeah, yeah, but Aaron Rodgers, I don't, yeah, would, have, would Aaron Rodgers have been any different? Yeah. I, I don't know. He was awful this year. It was, um, I think there's more, there are more uh, understandable excuses in Green Bay, uh, but it's, he's, um, there, you don't go from being MVP to being washed. It was just a bad year for Green Bay in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that, I, I just don't think he doesn't need these, he doesn't have to be playing the negotiating game one week after the season. I do feel like when you're a franchise legend, I feel like you owe something to your fans to not just be constantly waving your negotiating stick in the air every yeah. offseason. And, you know, last year, before he signed that deal, it you got the sense out of a lot of Packers fans that they were like, listen, we don't need to go through this again, all right? Just just get out of here. We'll see what ha- we'll see how Jordan Love is and if not then we'll move on, but they just don't want to be they just don't they don't want to be Aaron Rodgers playthings every single offseason. Yes. Yeah. Um, so that was Rogers on whether or not he'll be back in Green Bay. He's leaving it open, man. He'd see, you know, there's conversations that need to be had. Um, he also said, and this is where, this is where if I'm Brian Gutekunst, the GM, this is yeah. where I'm rolling my eyes. Aaron Rodgers, uh, Aaron Rodgers gives a list of all the guys he would love to have with him for the rest of his career. This game is about relationships. It's about the players you play with and count on, even if, uh, they don't maybe show up huge in the stat book. A guy like Mercedes Lewis is an important cog in the wheel of the locker room and the momentum of the team. That's a guy I want to finish my career with, you know. If I'm playing, I want that guy next to me, you know. I want the Randall Cobbs of the world, if he wants to keep playing, in my locker room. Guys you can win with. You know, Alan Lazard, Bobby Tynion, Dave Bakhtiari. Um, there's a lot of interesting names that um, we'll see, you know, their, uh, you know, desire to re-sign these certain guys who are glue guys in the locker room will be an interesting conversation to be had. Mercedes Lewis had one, two, three. I'm literally counting his catches by one at a time. He had seven catches this year. You're doing exactly what he told you not to do, which is to go by actual football production. You're, uh, <laughs> I know. you're discounting Silly the me. factor. <laughs> yeah. You know, Mercedes Lewis, who, by the way, has sneakily been, I'm guessing he's been in the league, what, 15 years now? Yes. I yeah. mean, and, like, and this is where, this is where you, you don't get to have your cake and eat it, too. You don't get to play pretend GM, but then also have sentimental ties to guys who aren't actually uh, producing anymore on the field. Mercedes Lewis was drafted in the first round of a draft that had Mario Williams at the top of it. <laughs> he was yeah. 2006. He was drafted. You nailed it. 15 years, wow. 16 years. Mercedes Lewis. Mercedes. Yeah, Mercedes. Did yeah. I say Mercedes? Mercedes. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, uh, it's hard not to. If you're going to name your kid Mercedes, you've you've doomed into a life. Of it may just be how I pronounce it because I'm literally yeah. looking at the spelling and I pronounced it Mercedes. He, he um, uh, yeah, I think that this is the thing that. Like Devonte Adams leaves without a peep out of Aaron Rodgers, but now he's in the off season talking about the necessity of keeping Mercedes Lewis around. And Randall, uh, it's Cobb. just unbelievable. Yeah, it's crazy. He is a Sean. I've told you this before. This is a danger because you see this. Uh, you see this out of like Silicon Valley types a lot. They go on their um, little ayahuasca retreats and everything, 
and they do all these things where these otherwise egomaniacal people get a little taste or touch of what actual human empathy feels like. Um, and the problem is for those people, it humanizes them just enough that they can really take advantage of people. Yeah. Like it's a, it's like, okay, now I actually understand the people I'm trying to exploit as opposed to before when they were just off in their own little narcissistic worlds, you know, for that, everybody else, when they go on that spiritual journey, it kind of turns them into, uh, you know, more, more well-rounded, loving, accepting human beings. Aaron Rodgers and a select Silicon Valley types, few Silicon Valley types, use it to manipulate and dominate the world. And that's what Aaron Rodgers is doing right now. He, he just went and he got spiritually elevated in the offseason, and now he's going to use it to get whatever Aaron Rodgers needs for his little universe. Yes. Okay, good question on the trailer, wheel, and frame text page. No, I cannot, I cannot score you ayahuasca. <laughs> I cannot score you ayahuasca or your magic mushrooms. Okay? Not the question. You got to go to Aaron Rodgers for that. <laughs> okay. Um, 8209. I feel like this question is right up your alley, Seth. Who's more annoying, Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson? Boy, that's a really good question. <laughs> I feel like Russell Wilson is transparently corny, whereas Aaron Rodgers is trying like hell to let you know that he's deeper, more thoughtful, and more intelligent than yeah. you. And that's a rough one. I guess it comes down to personal taste. I think I'd rather, I, if I had to take a long road trip with somebody, I would rather exactly. take it with. Yeah, I'd rather take it with Aaron Rodgers. Okay. They're I think when, I think there's substance. Like there is, there is actual substance to Aaron Rodgers. The problem is he is okay. This is Aaron Rodgers, and I think a lot of people listening right now might have had this experience. Aaron Rodgers is the um, very high-profile athlete in your college group project. Um, or discussion group, like in your, if you've got like a big class that has a discussion group yeah. that is like way more impressed with his opinion uh, or his, uh, you know, his his um, whatever his take is on like the book you're reading and everything, then he has any right to be. But because he's always been treated like the the star that he is, um, you can't convince him of that, and it's uh, and it's it's a frustrating thing to be around. I I would go. This is where. I love your analogy of uh, who I'd like to go on a long road trip with because that's yeah. that that is that's just it. Like, who do you want to be around in a confined area for a period of time? Um, yeah. I'm with you on Rogers because here's the thing: Russell Wilson's teammates, former and maybe some current, have been openly annoyed with Russell yeah. Wilson. Aaron yeah. Rodgers' teammates seem to like him. Like he mentions all those guys. You, Russell Wilson, I don't think would list a bunch of teammates that he wanted to play with because of the bond and the relationship and everything. Rodgers, I do think, for as annoying as he is, I think those are genuine relationships he has well, with those guys. This, and this is, well, this is the other thing. And, I, and I'm, like, honestly, I'm speaking from experience here because Rodgers went to Cal. You know, he is a bright guy. But there's a problem with, like, understanding the difference between being bright in the football world and being bright in the world of, like, academics and everything. And I think he feels he's in the latter category when he's actually in the in the in the uh, he's in the smart football player category, which is fine. The problem is when guys like that are need to uh, like they feel like they're more intelligent than they are in the football realm, including like what their coaches are telling them or various other feedback they're getting. That's an annoying person. Like whenever you're ever in, if you're in a group and a person just thinks he's smarter than everybody else and like and doesn't and which is fine if there's a certain level of arrogance but if you don't appreciate the intelligence of people who may be intelligent in different ways 
that's what I feel like Aaron Rodgers is. Like Aaron Rodgers, I, I don't feel like he could appreciate like maybe some of his coaches who, all right, might not be book smart or IQ smart, but are super smart in other ways. He just comes off as a, a little bit aloof about all that. 6304 on the trailer wheel and frame text page. Diehard Packers fan since birth. I'm over Rodgers. You guys make me laugh at the drama and help put things in perspective for me. I waited about 30 years to see them win a Super Bowl. I can wait again. That's from Mary Beth on the trailer wheel and frame text page. So, so yeah, I don't, um, and I don't, but now he's kind of got the organization by the cojones because he's got that big old contract. He does. I just, he doesn't need to say any of that stuff that he's saying. And I right. feel like, again, like, I feel like he thinks he's just having an open conversation with Pat and that's what you do because I'm open and I'm honest and I'm real, man. Like, okay, great. You can, you know, you can be open and honest and real without saying everything. Like, in such a way that it does, like, that Packers fan base is an incredibly, like, just, like, they're an earthy, real bunch. They're great. You know? They're great. Like, yeah, and uh, you're, a, you're a legendary Packer. Yeah. You don't have to be negotiating in public every offseason. Well, they, they, and, and the, the add-on to that is they've got a first-round pick who's heading into the last year of his rookie deal in Jordan Love. Like, they, yeah. like you know, there is a solution, potentially, they drafted a few years ago that hasn't shown well when he's been out there, but they do probably need to figure out what to do with him, you know? It's, Much like it was with Brett Favre and a young Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's just, yeah. it's strange that it's happened to the same organization in such a similar fashion with their with their legendary Hall of Fame quarterbacks. I would know? say it's a small price to pay for the sustained success. <laughs> well, but I do wonder, I wonder if it has anything to do with just the unique environment, too. Maybe. There's something about, maybe it is, maybe you feel kind of claustrophobic in that, in that tiny, tiny area uh, by NFL standards, it, but that also maybe you get like an oversized ego because of it, because in, it's like high school football. Mm-hmm. Like it's just you're there's nothing else going on in town. It's like on a I don't these guys probably wear their jerseys out to the store on Friday. It's phenomenal. It's, yes, <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. They yeah they wear their jerseys. <laughs> going out to dinner with their jerseys on with a with a <laughs> collared shirt and a tie underneath the jersey like you did back in the day. They get free pizza they on do. Fridays. Yep, yeah. yep. If, you, if they wear their jersey, free pizza. <laughs> All right. Um, um, pain and oh, Pendergast. I've admitted that out loud. Uh-oh. Pain and pe- inducement. Get, inducement. Uh, we'll get the sub shop. Pain, pain and Pendergast with you on a uh, on a Wednesday here on Sports Radio six ten. Um, John McClain was on with us earlier. We talked about Sean Payton. Sean Payton has been called a lot of things. I've never ever ever heard him called what John McClain called him <laughs> earlier in the show. <laughs> we'll have that for you <laughs> next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.